This is Trice Talk, and I'm Donald Wayne. I'm Dennis Lee. And you know who that is singing there? Um, bon Jovi. <laughs> it's his birthday today. Did you know that? Wow. How old is he? Uh, I think he was born in 1962. I believe that was his... I believe... Oh well, you missed the first part of that song, didn't you? Uh, well, yeah, you cut out. You went silent. Uh, oh, the I first part. Yeah, first oh, part no. of the song. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the moaning. Uh, yes, I missed. Oh the yeah, moaning, you missed yes. it. Well, that song is called "The Social Disease." I'd never heard it before, so I thought, well, that'd be a good one to start off with. And then oh, wow. when I played it, there was moaning in the beginning of the song. So well, not much of a cure for that. Uh, a little, <laughs> a little X-rated from John Bon Jovi. The Biden oh. song, yes, BP. Uh, that's when he smells the, the hair. <laughs> he moans and sings the oh, social I, disease. I would say it's more of a Cuomo, <laughs> Cuomo song because it seemed like this dude is just off the rails with his advances. I mean, uh, <laughs> he must, I don't know. I won't go there. I, I, is it far be it for me to criticize the poor guy. You know, he's probably trying to hang on to his youth. I thought he was married. Are we but, talking about by P, by P or Queenie? Cuomo. Yeah, okay. Okay. Cuomo, he's not married. I thought yeah. he was, but. Oh, you, it, you said hang on to his youth, so I wasn't yeah, well, sure. <laughs> I didn't mean that literally, like <laughs> he was trying to hang on to some young, <laughs> young chick. Yeah, but, what do you mean, uked? <laughs> uh, there, there's this... Uh, there's this Twitter thing. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but um, he's at some kind of dinner and he's got his teenage daughter sitting on one side of him. And then some reporter comes up and I don't know, I've never been to a dinner where they serve this, but she had some kind of, <sighs> he called it a sausage, uh, but it it kind of looked <laughs> like it was in a bun, like a, like a, a hot dog. <laughs> So she takes a picture of this this plate with this 
sausage on it. And then he goes down, she goes down, sits down beside Cuomo. And then after joking about it a couple of times, he said something like, uh, well, I, I want to see eat the whole thing. So, you know, whoa, oh. there's, there's oh. that told me everything I need to know about the guy. And no windows there. No, no. And his daughter's sitting there, his teenage daughter. So this guy doesn't have any filters even when, he, when he's around his children. No scruples. Of course, I don't have many filters when I'm around you, but, you know, you're you're not <laughs> impressed. What was that? We late for the train? Hello? <laughs> I didn't know I had a ticket. Yeah. But you're past, you're past the impressionable age, so I, I you know. I don't know. There's probably a f still a few impressions that I haven't done yet. So. <laughs> well, there's some things I could do that might impress you, but <laughs> <laughs> we oh, this is goodness. not Wednesday, so we can't talk about those. <sighs> so, um, oh well, BP, you better hold on to those. You need some earmuffs, sir. Uh oh. Um, keep those uh, things you, warm you thought it was safe in this show just because it's not explicit right you know we, we have ways to get around that uh, yes we, we have our ways um. <laughs> oh well it's oh, it's tuesday but it feels like it's a monday for some reason or other but i, I know, know nobody wants to go back and repeat monday so yeah let's don't do that jeez Another Other Monday really wasn't that bad. So, I mean, I no. can't complain. No. No, not, not much not much happening right this moment other than just the same old, same old. Mm hmm Unless you have something new to add. Oh, um, I mean, it depends on what we're adding. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, it depends on what you need to add. I mean, uh, what are oh, your what are your uh, thoughts? <laughs> now I'm just lost. <laughs> um, uh, oh well, you are, are you because of of the schedule or the outline? Is that what you're? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, oh we well, just went over. We just went over the stumble, didn't we? Um, uh no because i wasn't oh. talking about joe biden oh, okay well then no i i don't have anything else all right so well, just a second okay well let me i'll just do the stumble it's been then. a long day donald wayne because <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't want you to if you're confused at the very beginning of the show we're, I we're mean, screwed that's just not, <laughs> we, it, we might as well just call it wednesday uh lost like biden in the white house that's right uh um, circling around just circling around so you just why don't you lip flap for a second while I while I pull whoa, it up? Whoa, <laughs> my goodness, Donald Wayne. Uh, oh my God. Let's see which uh, these stupid uh, things start the moment that you touch them. <laughs> I, what, nah, I have no I? idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh. All right. <laughs> So, what is that? I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that me or is that you? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! It's is your end on fire? My is end this? is doing just fine. Donald Wayne. <laughs> okay. 
right, let me see. Maybe I did. Maybe I touched the wrong thing here. Um, okay, let me try that. And this is this is Joe Biden. <laughs> Maybe. Welcome, Jess Duck. <laughs> hey, Jess. Uh, uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me a little last. He came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Finelli. Uh, excuse me, Finell. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo, uh, thank you all for welcoming us. And Jill and I wanted to visit Texas today for a couple of reasons. First and foremost. Uh, <laughs> so did you catch that? <laughs> what yeah, am I doing you know, here? I heard, I heard that earlier this week. I think I heard it. Actually, I think I heard it earlier today. And I mean, as much as I dislike Biden, I felt pretty bad for him, I have to say. Because he was like, it was almost like a panic, like, oh, I better get a grip. I'm going to lose my place. Like, I'm I'm not going to know where I am. It was, I, I genuinely felt bad for him. And then I hated it because I felt bad for him. But, you know. Well, that's actually uh, the same reaction that I had, to be honest with you, because, you know, I. I mean, other than disagreeing with the guy's politics, I mean, I don't have a, a huge reason to dislike the, the person. And and there's right. been a lot of people over the years that said Joe Biden, even some Republicans said that he's he's a pretty good guy. Um, but, you know, when when he said this, I said, I'm going to lose my where am I? Well, I'm going to lose my place here. I mean, sometimes I feel that way doing the podcast, but. Uh, I'm not the president of the United States. And if I get lost, it's not going to hurt anybody, but maybe you. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I felt the same thing. I felt, I felt bad for him. I mean, uh, as a conservative, I didn't want him to win the election. And, and uh, I doubt if there's much common ground I could find with him and his policies and his, uh, you know, social issues, but I just feel sorry for him. I think that he was taken advantage of. And, and the more I see stuff like that, it makes me, it really makes me wonder whether these, these Democrats actually push this guy into this. Um, well, it's, it's a perfect scenario for them. Right. I mean, look, they, you know, what better way? Um, people knew that they weren't going to vote for Kamala Harris as president. Um, so what better way to get her in as president? Than to uh, have to pull Biden out of there because he can't, he can't function. Well, um, yeah, uh, I mean nice. Kamala couldn't win, you know, the nomination. So I guess the next best thing was to push Biden in there. And mm-hmm. but I mean, if he's acting this way in public, how does he act outside of the view of the camera? And how do we right. know that he actually is making decisions in the White House? I mean, it's it's right. starting to make me think of uh, have a lot of questions, and exactly. but it's sad for him. No, it's sad for him and his family. But you know, it, you know, also too, not that his wife could tell him to do one thing or another, but you know, she should have some kind of influence. His family as a whole should have had some kind of influence and said, I, I don't know. You know, you think you really should be doing this? Um, well, I don't know how much help he's <laughs> going to get from one of his <laughs> well, sons. <laughs> well, BP, uh, 
Well, that's a that's a hard visual there. Are we talking about medical <laughs> medical situations or? Yeah, Jack, Jess Duck. They shouldn't have let him run. That's what it, what it's pulling down to. Well, um, if so that turns out how desperate they are. Yeah, if that turns out to be the case, then you know, I, I, there's going to be a lot of upset people if Biden has to step down within the next few months. I mean, we we all need to be up in arms and and. Uh, Hang on a second. Cummings is calling in here. Hey, Cummings. Uh, hey, Cummings. Remember, this is a non-explicit show. I'm non-explicit. Okay, I know you get very passionate, so I just wanted to make that remind you of that, sir. Yeah, we like passion, Cummings. But yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we we but appreciate I, it. I, I think was that- I was wondering if you guys had ever heard of uh ever ever heard the video of Obama talking about a third term. A third um, term by way of Biden? Um, by way of having a puppet with an earpiece. And like oh, he, well, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah o- see o- that. Obama did is there, vid- is there Is there audio of that? Yes, there, it's, it's an interview I believe he did with ABC. Okay, I'm going to look to find that because that's that would be very interesting because he is one of the individuals that is in his, in his, his ear directly and in his administration's ear. <laughs> well, I yeah. I have heard Obama in the past say something about a third term, you know, if they'd have to change the law in order to do that and so forth. Um Well, he's talking about he's talking third term by way of yeah, influence. Running all his yeah, of influence, yeah. Well, yeah, they said, said he that he didn't want a third term. He didn't they, want to run a third time. He just wanted right. a third term as a puppet. Behind the scenes. Yes, uh, sir. Right. Um, an Oz, more or less. <laughs> mm-hmm. He pulls all the strings. Yeah, but you know, how would that make Kamala Harris feel? I mean, you know, I, she's got to be chomping at the bit, waiting for him to keel over so she can step up. I mean, that'll be another history-making moment. So, but every time I see him, I, I just want—I think that moment is closer than i really expected in the beginning i mean i i just don't see how he can continue down that line and whether it'll be the democrats say hey you know we need to boot him out of here or whether they convince him to step down i I don't know but if if obama truly is running a lot of things and calling a lot of shots and they may prop him up until he just keels over so obama because i don't know how much influence obama would have over kamala harris well, did you hear about the story the other night when they bombed Syria? What about it? Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris was furious because she was not told about it until it hit the press. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that come from a White House source. It was on, um, God, I can't remember the guy's actual name on Twitter, but it's a, he's, he's, a, he's a White House correspondent. I think it could be for the New York Times. And is it Peter Baker or somebody else? It could be Peter Baker. I can't remember for sure, but it was someone that said that Kamala Harris was enraged, like screaming in the White House because she was not informed about it until it hit the media. Well, I, you know, I think I did hear something about that on, on um, the news. I forget which source it was. But uh, I believe I did hear something about that. Um, Because they were giving the administration a little flack about um, 
doing that missile strike um, because they were liking it, liking in it to the first year of the Trump administration or the first you know term or first quarter of the Trump administration. That's what they said uh, happened there that they went and stroke uh, did a strike on Syria. So. They weren't, you know, there was mixed emotions about that on Biden. Yeah. And then I guess, you know, I mean, what is she not going to complain about? Yeah. All right. All right, guys. One more hop down. I was just calling okay. Thanks, Cummings. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I found a couple of, um, thanks, Cummings, for calling in. I found a couple of article of uh, spots on YouTube about Obama, but of course I'd have to listen to which one it is. Don't we? Hello? Is anybody Eric, are you there? I'm still here. Um I don't um, Oh by myself. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Sorry, he he, he's back. Yeah, as soon as you start singing, I'm going to be in there, buddy boy. Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm but I, I think Cummings can can definitely look up that, the name of that reporter for us, just to be sure, of course, because, like I said, the only New York Times, you know, White House correspondent I could think of offhand is Peter Baker, unless there's another name that I'm just not able to think about at this time. Because, because I mean, I could also recognize faces too, like in the White House press corps, right? Like, like Jonathan Carl from ABC News. Like, I, I would know his face and his voice if I were to see it and hear it. Let's Much like it, I would right. know, like Katie Turr or Hallie Jackson from NBC, or or Chip Reed from CBS, or or Jim Acosta from CNN. Of course, for the record, I'm not a fan of Jim Acosta. No, yeah. Is there anybody that's a friend, uh, a a fan of Acosta? Nope. He's I such hope an not. irritating, irritating personality. Oh, you you should search for the YouTube video of of um like YouTuber Mark Dice. You know, you know, being in DC back a couple years ago and filming him, and then and then Jim Acosta pulls out his phone and films Mark Dice too. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, only good thing I've seen so far this year is that since they have to wear a mask, a lot of times I can't mm-hmm. tell who it is that's talking or well, in ta- Texas is lift the mask mandate. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. that and I think that, Alabama's getting ready to lift it too. Well, they're getting a, they're getting a lot of criticism for it, but you know. Yeah, I guess they said enough is enough, enough. for them, right? Um, okay, so now Dennis Lee, are we in the right mm. place for you? <laughs> are you um, are you caught up? Nope, uh, you sound right. confused. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm perfectly <laughs> in the know now. So, um, yeah. I mean, did you know that a uh, a man died after um, he was involved in a cockfight. Actually, um, a rooster stabbed a man to death. 
I didn't see that I on the news. I, yeah, well, you know, it's not on oh, my mainstream goodness. media. Yeah, I know. I mean, who, you know, that's the, goes again to show the dangers of a cockfight. And this is an article by Julie Gerstein. Uh, came out a couple. Isn't of days that supposed ago. to be illegal too? It is. Oh, it illegal. is. See, it is. this actually happened in Bali, Indonesia. So I don't know that it's quite illegal there. Um, you know, because uh, cockfighting is an old tradition in Balinese Hinduism, it says, um, a part of the Tabu Ra ritual, a uh, religious purification to expel evil spirits through animal sacrifice via the blood of the rooster. So, <laughs> um, cockfights without a religious purpose are considered gambling in Indonesia, though. Um, so, I don't know if that carries a hefty fine with it. Um, but, um, uh, Thangula Satish, uh, was 45, died of blood loss after the rooster repeatedly stabbed him in the groin with, how ironic, with a, with a three inch knife that had been tied around the animal's leg, according to the Associated Press. I'm going to really try to get through this. Satish was among 16 people organizing the cockfight in the village of Lathanur in the Indian state of Telangana, the AP reported. Authorities are currently searching for the other 15 organizers who could be charged with manslaughter. They each face up to two years in prison, according to Al Jazeera. Um, animal rights activists say the report is especially cruel because it takes advantage of the birds' natural survival mechanisms and forcing them to fight. Um, it said uh, to make things uh, matches gorier, some cockfighting trainers fit their birds with what's known as a gaff. A, <laughs> no, not what Biden's doing. It's a, actually a long dagger-like knife attached to the animal's foot. Um, birds often will have many of their feathers plucked out before matches to make it more difficult for their opponents to attack, according to the ASPCA. Yes, Crimson, this I'm not making this up. Um, I wish I could, but uh, this didn't have it in me today. <laughs> they are also sometimes drugged with methamphetamines. They get all hopped up on the juice to enhance their aggressiveness. Um, you know, so these meth addicted birds, uh, win their matches, uh, you know, even if they win their matches, they suffer injuries so severe that they too are killed, uh, I guess cooked up. I don't know. Despite India's Supreme Court outlawing the practice in the 1960s, cockfighting continues to be popular in, in many of the country's southern states. That figure. Why has it always got to be the southern states? Um, <laughs> In the U.S., cockfighting is considered a felony in 42 states, though federal authorities continue to regularly break up fighting rings around the country. In August of last year, the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department busted a ring of cockfighters with more than 2,000 birds, um, U.S. Today reported. Authorities in New York in 2014, they had a sting they dubbed Operation Angry Birds and arrested more than 70 people and confiscated more than 3,000 angry roosters. 
at the bird at the New York Post. The New York Post reported that. This is not the first time a bird handler has been killed by a gamecock, though. Last year, a 55-year-old Indian man from Andhra Pradesh died after a gamecock slashed him in the neck and abdomen during a match held to mark the Hindu festival of Makar Sankranti. And in 2018, a 34-year-old man from Rajavaram, India, bled to death after a rooster gaff pierced his thigh and testicles. Again, the, the, the groin, I don't know. Isn't that ironic, though? Um, I guess that's what they should get fighting these roosters um do you think maybe yeah, they ought to wear nice. protective equipment you know if they're gonna i'm, I'm just reading with the story i'm just reading i mean come on jeez let's have an angry bird flying around with a dagger tied well, to his leg oh uh we'll post this story on our uh, facebook page so you can read it for yourself it's true it's in there it's true so. <laughs> You've been oh standing in the line at the grocery store again? Are you reading those magazines? I mean, I, look, would you believe this, Joe? I can't believe it's on the checkout stand. They should cover this up. Um, Jeez. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, if they do, that's going to be that's going to be one for the books. Um, that's a hell of a way to go out, right there. <clears throat> well. What yeah. what else can I add to that? <laughs> I don't think that you should. I don't think either of us. I I would wear pads or something. I mean, you know, after the first I mean, guy dies that way, uh, wouldn't you think the rest of them would get the clue that? Well, that, apparently, there's just a height thing. They can only jump up so high, so it's the first thing that uh, you know. First thing they can reach. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, with their with their with their you know rather large gaff, uh, so that's uh, that's nuts. I mean, it's nuts <laughs> to begin with, but well, no pun intended. <laughs> okay, I walked okay. into that. Then I? <laughs> I thought we were done with it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't intend to, to go that direction. That was. Just, oh, I couldn't stuff. think of any other thing to say. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. Well, it's hard to follow that story. <laughs> oh yeah, we should. Yeah, I would only pray that Biden would read that story. That would be awesome. <sighs> I wonder what states it's it's legal in in the United States. Did the, did the article? Yeah, I mean, say that? only forty-two states. Um, so it's know, probably in West legal. Virginia. It's legal, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to say. <laughs> I I'm mean, in trouble if I say maybe too many. But Alaska. Um, Alaska. I wouldn't think they would have too many roosters in Alaska, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I, I don't know. All right. So um, this is a story taken from Twitter by Sam Dorman, uh, who's a reporter with Fox News. And this is about former CIA director John Brennan. Gotta love this guy. Didn't he get a job on CNN? Wasn't he hired for CNN to to be a commentator or something? Or maybe he's just one of those people uh, that interview a lot. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right, first I'm going to play. He was in. He was on uh, MSNBC with uh, I can't tell who that is. 
talking. Oh, it says Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. So he makes a comment. They're talking about, uh, um, I think they're talking about the uh, CPAC meeting over the weekend, and they're making some comments about all the white men that are complaining about this and about that. So let me see if I can. This 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 thing here has a mind of its own. Did you know that? I mean, I mean, wants, I don't know. What are we it, talking about? It wants know. to go even when I'm not ready for it. To. All right, here it is. I think. I mean, really? Yep. That's why we started with Kate, Katie Benner's great new reporting about the investigation into police officer. It renders, you know, at best hypocritical, at worst cynical and false, any notion that the Republicans care about the lives and the safety of law enforcement. Well, I must say, to Claire's point, I'm increasingly embarrassed to be a white male these days. <laughs> and what are, of what I see of my other white males saying, but it, it just shows that with, the, with very few exceptions, like Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, there are so few Republicans in Congress who value truth, honesty, and integrity. And so they'll continue to gaslight the country the way that Donald Trump did. And the fact that this has such security and safety implications for the American public and for the members of Congress, again, <laughs> it is just a disgusting display of craven politics that really should have no place in the United States in 2021. So he's he's embarrassed to be a white guy because of all the stupid things that white people are saying. Or they well, said maybe he should, uh, you know, get that adjusted, you know, and then maybe I, he won't be so embarrassed. I was trying to think of an answer for him, you know. Um, and, and, of course, when he said made that statement, that Nicole Wallace, who was interviewing him, uh, she laughed. But um, let's see. It says the host, Wallace and Brennan and Senator Claire McCaskill, who is a Democrat from Missouri, were arguing that. Republicans had lied about the truth of what happened during the riots on January 6th. Oh, I thought it was CPAC. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're saying that Republicans are lying about the, everything that they say that happened during the, the riots on January 6th. I'm surprised they referred to it as a riot, actually, uh, since they usually like to say insurrection. Well, you know, I think, um, you know, um, the Democrats are worried about saying insurrection as, uh, um, what's his name, you know, didn't say it right. And that <laughs> well, yeah. a huge gaffe. So <laughs> they're was, a little it was, leery about that. Schumer, that was a little faux pas, yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Schumer got a little excited. Um, he did, didn't um, he? And he grinned when he said that. That was the thing. He thought it yeah. was cute. But well, you know when they start when they put together that DTPA, I mean it's going to be uh, um, hard to say just about anything. Oh, I know, I know, especially Republican. But it was funny that I thought that he mentioned uh, he he referred to Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger as Republicans that are telling the truth, and. Um, and, and and then he's saying that the rest of the Republicans in Congress don't value truth, honesty, and integrity. I thought that was just kind of like, so you know every one of them in, in Congress there, uh, you know, Brennan? But uh, I, I just wonder, why do we even care what this guy says? They keep 
dragging him on the air there at MSNBC or, or CNN, and they're getting his opinion. Of, they, they did that all through, you know, the Trump years as well. But um, I don't know. It, you know, if this guy's ashamed of being born white, I, I just maybe we can come up with some suggestions for him. But uh, uh, we certainly don't uh, have to claim him. <laughs> I'd certainly be glad for him to go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So that's it. John Brennan, just a little, little ditty on him. Mm. Bless his heart. I'm, I'm hoping that he'll go away one of these days that people actually decide that we don't really care what he says. I mean, uh, he was disgraced. <laughs> so. All right, Dennis Lee, if you want to move on to this day in history, we can do that if you have something. <clears throat> oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Donald Wayne. Well, you didn't, but, you know. No, I didn't really. See, I'm, I um, wanted to trip you up this time and not make it a question. There's <laughs> always a day in history, Donald Wayne. And this day in history, um, Dr. Seuss was born. Dr. Seuss was born on this day in history, March 2nd, 1904. Theodore Geisel, better known to the world as Dr. Seuss, the author and illustrator of such children books as The Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham, is, was born in Springfield, Massachusetts. Geisel, who used his middle name, which was also his mother's maiden name as his pen name, um, wrote 48 books, including some for adults, that have sold well over 200 million copies and been translated into multiple languages. Dr. Seuss books are known for their whimsical rhymes and quirky characters, which have names like the Lorax and the Sneetches and live in places like Whoville. Um, Giesel graduated from Dartmouth College, where he was an editor of the school's humor magazine and studied at Oxford University. There he met Helen Palmer, his first wife, and the person who encouraged him to become a professional illustrator. Back in America, Giesel worked as a cartoonist for a variety of magazines and in advertising. The first children's book that Giesel wrote and illustrated and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street was rejected by over two dozen publishers before making it into print in 1937. Giesel's bestseller, The Cat in the Hat, was published in 1957. The story of a mischievous cat in a tall striped hat came about after uh, his publisher asked him to produce a book using 220 new reader vocabulary words that could serve as an entertaining alternative to the school reading primers children found boring. Uh, some Dr. Seuss books tackled serious themes. Uh, the Butter Battle Book, 1984, was about the arms buildup and nuclear war threat during Ronald Reagan's presidency. Lorax, in 1971, dealt with the environment. Many Dr. Seuss books have been adapted for television and film, including How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Horton Hears a Who. In 1990, Giesel published a book for adults titled, Oh, The Places You'll Go, that became a hugely popular graduation gift for high school and college students. 
In recent years, some of Giesel's books, including And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street and If I Ran the Zoo, have come under scrutiny for insensitive and racist imagery. In March 2021, Dr. Seuss Enterprises announced it would no longer publish six of these books. Giesel, who lived and worked in an old observatory in La Jolla, California, known as The Tower, died September 24th, 1991, at the age of 87. And that was on this day, March 2nd, 1904. I didn't realize he'd been uh, gone that long. Yeah, good while. Can you remember your first uh, Dr. Seuss book? No, I'm pretty sure it was Cat in the Hat or, um, you know. Yeah, I think mine was Cat in the Hat, and it was uh, Aunt and Uncle and my cousins that I actually got to read that the first time. And then then I think it was A Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Um, I don't remember most of the titles, but uh, I've got a little little expansion on that here in the national calendar day that i'll go into in just a moment oh are the boys with us tonight oh the boys are ready (laughs) i love i love i love my calendar girl oh sweet calendar girl Ah, I tricked you. You you cut it short. I did. <laughs> I was yeah. I was about to about to take a drink of cool no, no cool, cool water. <laughs> cool cool water. cool water. There was a song. Wasn't that a song by? Uh, I don't know. I think it was making Ed, Papio Daniels, Eddie Price, uh, or something. Jimmy Price or Jimmy Stick. I don't. I don't remember. Oh. Uh, all right. So the, the first one on the list for National Calendar Days for Tuesday, March the 2nd is, and this is kind of a serious one. Well, it is a serious one. It's National Teen Mental Wellness Day. And oh. considering, you know, what all the news is talking about recently about uh, the effect of not going to school has on a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the kids, you know, especially teenagers that can't go to school. Uh, it's probably an appropriate day to recognize that. But according to the American Psychological Association, Generation Z has the worst mental health of any generation. However, teens are dedicated to making a difference. According to Y Pulse, I have no idea what that is, 64% of Generation Z say they want to achieve a healthier lifestyle for overall happiness, including a stronger self-care routine. Also, 94% consider mental health very important to their well-being. So today has been National Teen Mental Wellness Day. Hmm, interesting. 
Um, <laughs> next item on the list is National Banana Cream Pie Day. We knew there had to be a food on there, right? Oh, yeah. Banana <laughs> Cream Pie Day. Anybody like banana cream pie? Uh, isn't that one of the ones they used to use for throwing in people's faces all the time? Uh, I mean, how uh, are you going to waste the three the banana cream? Uh, well, yeah, but yeah, they did. Uh, sometimes they would eat it <clears throat> off their face. <laughs> um, huh. So it, it says that traditional custard pie was modified into a recipe that resulted in the appetizing and flavorful banana cream pie. In the 1950s, oh, yes. soldiers of the United States Armed Service Services ranked the banana cream pie as one of their favorites. So in the fifties, that was, that was a uh, pretty popular. I would have thought it would have been apple or mm, chocolate. Mm, mm. Mm. This is this good. All right. And the next one is my day. <laughs> it's national old stuff day. Oh, uh, just old yeah. stuff in general. Yeah. Okay. Just stuff. It says, always observed on March the 2nd, National Old Stuff Day gives notice to all that old stuff and encourages you to try some new stuff. Well, maybe don't get rid of all that old stuff, but at least some of it. It's a day to break out the old routines and experience new ones. Consider alternatives to each of the choices you make each day. Good Lord, it takes me long enough to make up my mind now, so I can't imagine if I had to start thinking of alternatives <coughs> for everything that I do. Jeez. But um, anyway, it goes on to say, have fun with it. So I, I wish I'd known that this morning. It was National Old Stuff Day. I probably could have could have uh, had fun with it myself. <laughs> All right. So today is National Read Across America Day, which is Dr. Seuss Day, which you just you know, talked about. Ah, very Stu. good. There you go. Um, each year, the National Read Across America Day is celebrated on March the 2nd, the birthday of Dr. Seuss. The annual event is part of the Read Across America, an initiative on reading created by the National Education Association. Since the event is designed to encourage reading in children and is fostered through the schools, when March the 2nd lands on a weekend, the day is observed on the closest school day. Of course, it was learned today that President Biden would not be celebrating by reading Dr. Seuss books, which is, I think it's been celebrated by every president um, um, in, in recent years anyway. I know they, they talked about uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama reading from Dr. Seuss books on this day. <clears throat> well, but, I think he forgot where the copy of it was, Donald Wayne. Uh, <laughs> you think that, that somebody forgot to break it out <laughs> for him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it said, and what they said on the news today, um, that Biden uh, omitted reading from Dr. Seuss because it has been determined by some on the left that Dr. Seuss used some racial material in several of, several of his books, which I think you uh, alluded to earlier. Uh, oh, one of those not even publish those anymore. Yeah, they're they're not going to publish them anymore. So you know, if you want if you want a collector's item, you better run to the bookstore tomorrow and order them. I bet they'll sell out of all those six. But oh, yeah. uh, one of the ones was I, if I ran the zoo, and honestly, I'd never again. I had not read that many of Dr. Seuss books. I had my favorites when I was a kid, and and that's 
I, I don't remember some of the the early. I mean, some of the later ones. But yeah, did you uh, go back and look at if I ran the zoo and to see why it was considered racist? Um, they were talking about it on the news today, and and one of the commentators was saying that there was depictions of. Well, and he didn't use people. He didn't draw people in his books, but I know this commentator said, referred to him as uh, he put, um, I want to say black people, but he didn't use people. So he must have put some black characters in, in that story. Uh, I, I don't know for a fact because I haven't read it, read it but I, I'm, I actually want to look at that book because I, I need to understand why they see racial stereotypes in that. But several people today commented on Fox News that, yes, you know, these things may be interpreted as being racial, but uh, mm. no one's saying that that was his intention. Um, so, but, you know, obviously Barack Obama and Michelle missed that point when they read the books. Of course, they probably read Cat and Hat or something like that one of the safer ones, but that's what they say. There was, like you said, there's six books. And uh, if I ran the zoo is the only one that I wrote down the name of, but uh, I'm going to be interested just to take a look at a couple of those. And, you know, because again, with the cancel culture that we're going through now, it's um, I think it's important that we understand why they're canceling some of these things and why they feel like it's necessary. Now, one commentator was arguing that, well, this really originated with uh, the publisher saying that they're not going to publish those six books anymore. Not so much that the public was demanding that they stop printing these six books. So, you know, we'll mm. see. But, yep, if you want a collector's item, you, you might want to go get a few of those. All right. I'm, I said, if the boys are still awake, oh, well, honestly, I, we can I mean, move on to something the boys else. Up, you, mean, you know how they are. Um, come on, boys. Put the jug down. Hey, bro. You're the Easter bunny when you smile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my heart's in a world. I love, I love, I love my little calendar girl. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Indeed. Yeah. Appreciate that, boy. Them boys good. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, Crimson says the, yeah. the books are going for a lot. I believe uh, it. I well, believe anytime it, you they've been banned. Yeah, if you ban something uh, in this country, you 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 immediately put uh you make them valuable. So um Better run out to Barnes and Noble tomorrow, or them online. And <laughs> well, banning them or boycotting them, and, and like in this case, I would think um, sales will probably skyrocket even more. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I think I want to know. I need to. I want to understand why. I mean, it maybe maybe they are. Maybe they can be perceived as being racist. I don't know. Well, but- there, it's, uh, I think it pertains to some of the pictures Donald Wayne. And um, they just there's some descriptions on the internet of what those pictures look like, and I'm not going to go over them on 
Well, we can't trust the internet anyway. So, right. So, you know, until we actually get one of those books in our hands, I'm not dealing with it. Well, I I may go out tomorrow and buy one. But, yeah, I mean. They're going for a lot, Don Wayne. Hey, no no price is too too high for Trice Talk to be able to share knowledge with the audience. You heard it right here. (laughs) Even even we had to go out and take out a loan or something, but you know, he didn't draw people. So, you know, we're, I mean, these are made up creatures. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, it may be. And if it is, then I'll admit it. I'll say, well, well, speaking of, uh, creatures, Donald Wayne, uh, the Washington Examiner has a story uh, by Emily Brooks about how Elizabeth Warren has unveiled her ultra-millionaire wealth tax bill. Um, you know, people should be really excited about that. I we knew she'd get around to it. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Elizabeth Warren turned her wealth tax for ultra-millionaires proposal um, one of the signature proposals from her presidential primary campaign into a bill that she introduced in the Senate on Monday. The bill from the Massachusetts uh, Massachusetts Democratic (laughs) Senator, uh, who is a new member on the Senate Finance Committee, would create a tax of 2% on households with a net worth between $50 million and $1 billion, um, plus an extra 1% on households worth over $1 billion. So if you're at a billion, you know, you're getting 3% total um, hit with a, uh, you know, this wealth tax. Uh, she says, as Congress develops additional plans to help our economy, the wealth tax should be at the top of the list to help pay for these plans because of the huge amounts of revenue it would generate. Um, Warren said in a statement, I'm confident lawmakers will catch up to the overwhelming majority of Americans who are demanding more fairness, more change, and who believe it's time for a wealth tax. God forbid anybody should work hard and have as much money as they you know, can possibly make. Uh, let's take some of it away from them. The wealthiest hundred thousand households in the United States would be affected, according to Warren's summary of the plan, and bring in an estimated three trillion in revenue over the next ten years. Hmm. Where do you think all that wealth is going to go once that bill is in place? Um Miss Warren. But um the bill also includes anti evasion measures intended to ensure that the wealthy do indeed pay the tax based on their wealth, including $100 billion to rebuild and strengthen the IRS. That's exactly what we need to freaking do, is dump $100 billion <laughs> into strengthening the IRS. That's how whacked out Miss Warren is. But by placing a tax of 40% on anyone with a net worth of above 50 million who renounces U.S. citizenship and creating tools to determine the value of assets. Well, that sounds like a free country to me. Everyone just line up. Um, <laughs> Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont uh, 
Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode, uh, of Rhode Island, Jeff Merkley of Oregon, Kristen Gillibrand of New York, Brian Schatz of Hawaii, Ed Markey of Massachusetts, and Mazzy Hirono of Hawaii are co-sponsors of the bill. Remember those names. Um, Representative Pramila Jayapala of Washington and Brendan Boyle of Pennsylvania introduce the measure in the House. Warren made the wealth tax proposal a key centerpiece of her presidential campaign. And um, if anybody's wondering, she didn't win. Um, <laughs> or she wasn't even nominated. Often referring to it as a two-cent tax. What a trendy name. And calling on the ultra-wealthy to pitch in two cents. Doesn't sound like two cents to me, Elizabeth. Your math is a little off. Um, in explaining the proposal, she equated a new tax on assets rather than income to a property tax. Warren's presidential campaign often used two pennies as a symbol of her wealth tax proposal. Looks like that got her pretty far, including by fixing two giant pennies to her golden retriever, Bailey. Um, I'm sure that pup appreciated that. How'd she do that? <clears throat> she made it like a saddle. Oh. Put it on her poor dog. I mean, the dog doesn't look too happy about it. I was going to report her to PETA if she glued him to the dog. Yeah, well, I think somebody should. Um, yeah, so that's what Democrats are working on getting done in this new administration. That seems very um, counterproductive to what we need. But, yeah, I mean, you know, go right ahead. Go right ahead. wonder where those... People who have that kind of money are obviously putting other people to work in some form or fashion. I wonder where they're going to go with their money. Well, wasn't it Warren Buffett a few years ago said that he would be willing to pay higher taxes, you know, because he had so much money. He, well, he, thought by, he had by an obligation to ahead. pay more. I mean, well, if he believes that, then he should. Well, it's called a donation. Right. Go There's ahead a Pitch that money back in somewhere. and uh, There's a do good box there at the end of your uh, income tax uh, filing that you can check that box and you can donate some money. Warren. Yeah, which is insane to even have that on there. I mean, maybe they figure that people are going to be doing their taxes in a drunken stupor and be like, <laughs> look at that. Let's go ahead and donate some money. Are you going to so, donate to the IRS? That's, that's, that's did, did you... Did you have a uh, uh, threshold there for for what she considered the super wealthy? I'm, I'm wondering how many Hollywood people are going to be in um, that category. So she started it at, at fifty million dollars. So I mean, it starts at fifty million. So if you got fifty million or better, um, and those you know actors and actresses nowadays with COVID on may not hit that range. So they're well, like, I don't know, oh, Tom Cruise and some of them, a lot yeah. of them have been selling their mansions, you know, the last yeah, year. <laughs> well, you know, he may be at like 46 and a half. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, all they got to do is keep underneath that $50 million threshold. There's a threshold and I'm sure her, you know, the people who, you know, her, who her, 
who she's catering to are like, um, we, we think that the, the threshold needs to start here. Then go up to whatever you want. But, um, yeah, they, she might as well lower it a little bit. I want her to lower it to <clears> where she can catch all of those people, and those Democrats in Hollywood that have been so crazy about, you know, keeping the Democrats in power. Uh, they need huh. to be the ones to hurt financially from their oh, voting decision. There's El Gato. Well, I know. Um, <clears throat> I know Homeboy 88 is, falls into this category. So, Homeboy, you're going to be paying an extra 3%. Um, just letting you know, you missed the, you know, first part of this story, but yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. Um, looks like an extra 3% is coming out of your wages. So he falls in that Um, category. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got them bucks. So, um, (laughs) well, well, anybody over $50 million has to pay, um, 2%. Um, in an extra tax, and then so an extra one percent for anybody, um, over one billion. So I'm figuring you're falling in that probably three percent range. Maybe have to go higher with you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know what kind of lucrative business you're running, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's Elizabeth Warren. So, I mean, uh, you know. People who are, who are in Massachusetts, he should just be lining up to to, to shake her hand. Um, hopefully, there's nobody that's got any damn money in Massachusetts. Uh, so, well, see, I think that was one of the things it. that made several of the Democrats so uh, popular is, is a lot of these middle class people and even people, you know, <clears throat> of lesser means want to stick it to rich people and, and, and think that they, you know, they should be paying a lot more than they do. Uh, even though a lot of those people are the ones that create the jobs that they hold. But, um, and this is going to be a show one night or or part of a show one night. Uh, the number of people that work for the federal government, (laughs) I mean, there's a level when we, when, when we reach a certain number of the popu- uh, a percentage of the population that works for the federal government, we're in trouble. I mean, right. there's not going to be enough people that don't work for the government to pay in taxes to, to keep it afloat. But, yeah, it's... It's a mess. It's a mess. Well, thank you for that. But I don't have to worry about it, so it's... <laughs> No, it, I, mean, I could yeah. combine all the income that of people that I know, and I couldn't qualify for worrying about Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> and I noticed you didn't say uh, Pocahontas. Well, there'd probably be some people commenting on that. Nobody, nobody's called her that since um, since Trump got run out of town. Okay, well, I were did you you got my note about the the outline right? So I'm gonna jump down to number two. Oh, oh, okay. Did you see you my note on that? Restroom. No, um, <laughs> no, maybe you didn't see my note. All right, well, I'm going down to number two for obvious oh, reasons. Yes, no, I did. Okay. <laughs> I, did. <laughs> I was trying to make that as as brief as possible. Um, cause no one knows what we're talking about. 
Um, right. This is this is a story, and I like Mike Huckabee's Morning Edition <laughs> newsletter. Um, he because Mike is fairly lighthearted when he's talking about different stories, and he always tries to put a humorous spin on even some of the things that aren't so humorous. Um, but this story is about. Uh, about a Berkeley teachers union president that was spotted dropping his daughter off at an in-person preschool. Uh, this article actually originated in, I don't know what this is, Q KQED by Joe Rodriguez, but uh, says closures, Berkeley teachers union president spotted dropping daughter off at in-person preschool. Parent groups are crying hypocrisy after a video surface showing the president of the Berkeley Teachers Union dropping off his two-year-old daughter at an in-person preschool. Matt Meyer, president of the Berkeley Federation of Teachers, has fought for what he called the gold standard for teachers he represents, saying Berkeley, school, Berkeley schools should not only reopen to in-person learning when the educators are vaccinated, but there's other criteria as well. A tentative plan between the Berkeley Uni Unified School District and Berkeley Federation of Teachers in mid-February would see preschoolers through second grade returning to class at the end of March and other grades staggering back to in-person learning through April. And this is according to Berkeley side, which is a, a nonprofit newsletter in the area. Uh, that's just strictly funded by readers. Anyway, some Berkeley parents have claimed that the union is moving too slow and pushing for earlier school openings. They have long argued that the Centers for Di Disease Control and Prevention have agreed that schools are safe to reopen without vaccinations for all of the teachers. Meyer, for his part, said the incident was an intrusion on his child's privacy. And this is them filming him because they're filming him dropping her off at her school. But while the group who filmed his family, who call themselves Gorilla Moms, M-O-M-Z, did blur out his daughter in the video, they managed to spook her, he said. And I don't I don't know. I didn't see them approach her. It looked like they were filming it from afar, but. And an email address to the Berkeley Unified Community on Monday, BUSD bust superintendent Brent Stevens said the Gorilla Moms video invaded the privacy of a family in our school community and targeted one of our educators. So it's not okay to go film somebody, uh, and you've probably seen this video, but uh, film somebody that is uh, taking advantage of private school for one of their kids when he's telling everyone else that goes to public school, well, we can't, you can't go to school yet. Um, so I, I don't advocate harassing anybody regardless of their political positions, but it just seems kind of hypocritical, which is a, uh, a characteristic of a lot of Democrats and liberals these days. But, sure. you know, it's ironic that liberals complain about f filming people and acts that they put them in uh, that puts them in a hypocritical light. Yet they condone people showing up at a conservative's house 
at night, going up and ringing the doorbell, all the while chanting, come out, come out, and, and scaring the wife inside who is alone with, with her small child. So that's okay, but it's uh, not okay to just film somebody <clears throat> who's a liberal who's dropping off their child at a, at a uh, private school. So, I think that was Christ it on Christ. that song. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not a long video, and and really, but he's he's a character. He he's a it's amazing. Uh, this guy represents the school board, but um, he's upset. He says people don't have a right to uh, film him. That's that's his his private moment. I, I guess he hmm. didn't realize that you don't have private moments when you're in an elected position in this country. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if, you're, if you're elected to an office, you might as well wear a sign on yourself that says, I'm open I mean, to abuse. And you don't have private moments sometimes if you're not an elected official. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you come know, on. Last year this they were going into restaurants snowflake. and harassing people, and, and I, it's just. I'm getting sick of the hypocritical uh, positions that these liberals take on all of this. And, uh, you know, we're supposed to leave them alone, but uh, yet they don't have to leave us alone. So we'll see how that works out. But, you know, maybe they'll get school started. I think the uh, governor of California is is kind of uh, he's he's changing his position on opening the schools. I believe that's what I've read here recently that. And it may, do you think it has anything to do with the recall movement they're trying to do in California? Uh, the oh. fact that all of a sudden, yeah, maybe we better get the schools open. Gavin Could Newsom. Be. Oh, <laughs> nuisance. Nuis nuisance. Um. One of Slightly's favorite people, I'm sure. All right. You got that right. right. Dennis. Well, you know, um, <laughs> <clears throat> there's a uh, article out by Clifford Colby, and this is basically an update um, to the stimulus showdown that's going on currently. And this is posted about a day ago. Um, basically, the Senate has about two weeks to solve a big problem and pass this uh, stimulus package. Um, to pass the $1.9 trillion uh, stimulus bill in the next two weeks, Senate Democrats need to navigate a hazardous path full of potential obstacles that could delay sending the third stimulus check and renewing federal employee benefits set to run out in March 14th. So that's right around the corner, folks. Among the hurdles, and you know, as you were saying earlier, um, how many people are employed by the federal government? That's a good swath of people that will run out of unemployment benefit, or uh, not federal workers, but the good swath of people, because we still have a good amount of unemployed people in the United States that will run out of benefits on March 14th. Um, among the hurdles the Senate will have to clear is resolving what to do about boosting the federal minimum wage rate. Um, 
So the economic stimulus plan the Senate is expected to take up this week would send the $1,400 checks to struggling families and individuals, expand the child tax credit to lower-income families, extend federal unemployment benefits through August, and fund COVID-19 vaccine distribution. To make the deadline, however, legislators need to shed pieces of the bill that could hold up a vote, such as the minimum wage hike. I mean, you can imagine there's going to be a lot of people, there already has been a lot of individuals that have pushed back on that minimum wage hike to $15 an hour. Um, so the, the Senate may abandon the minimum wage fight this time with time running out, running short. Senate Democrats may jettison a provision in the relief bill to boost the minimum wage. The hack has seen growing resistance from all sides. And according to the Washington Post, the lawmakers will look to include the $15 an hour rate into another bill if they can't find a way to include it in the current stimulus package. I got an idea for you. How about not including it in anything and making <laughs> a standalone issue? Hey, that's a new idea. How about trying that? Um, Democrats have identified a boost to the federal minimum wage as a cornerstone of their economic recovery plan. Let's boost the minimum wage to $15 an hour and America will be back on its feet. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, the yeah, <laughs> the proposed like wage increase. Yeah, right? I mean, because it's going to have fewer from people. Yeah, fewer people paying for the, the, the hike and, and the prices for the goods that they're gonna, and services they're going to have to pay for. Um, the proposed wage increase, however, is seeing growing resistance from all sides, which threatens to hold up the bill in the Senate. The minimum wage rate has stood at $7.25 an hour since 2009. Not saying that it doesn't need to go up a little bit, but, I mean, from seven twenty-five an hour to 15 bucks, by boosting the national minimum wage to $15 an hour, 32 million U.S. workers or 21% of the workforce would see their hourly wage lifted, the article says, according to the Economic Policy Institute, a left-leaning think tank. Hmm. Um, the re relief bill before the Senate this week includes a $15 minimum, uh, uh, $15 hour minimum wage hike, but the pay raise is facing growing resistance from Republicans, some Democrats, and even the Senate parliamentarian who determines which items can and can't be included in the bill under the technique known as budget reconciliation. Democrats are relying on reconciliation to speed the bill through the approval process and avoid the dreaded filibuster. <clears throat> but... Um, to remove the pay raise as an obstacle to passage, the Senate could strike the minimum wage language. Uh, Democrats could also take another path towards a wage hike, but on March 5th or March 1st, the Washington Post reported Democrats have abandoned their plan to force larger corporations to adopt a $15 minimum wage rate. Um while many Republicans oppose the bill, some are pushing for a smaller wage hike. Republicans like Tom Cotton and Mitt Romney, for example, 
propose lower, uh, going lower, setting the minimum wage at ten dollars an hour. Um, which you know, a, a three dollar jump, uh, three dollars some change jump. I mean, <clears throat> on um, that wouldn't be three dollars and some change. What math is? Yeah, two fifty. On the Democratic side, Joe, Senator Joe Manchin said the fifteen dollar an hour rate is too high. And then he'd support a raise to $11 an hour. Fellow Democrat Senator Christian Sinema also opposed. Democrats will need to get those two votes to pass the package along party lines. And they need to get their stuff in order in general, it sounds like. Um, you, you, so, you know. You said something about... I, I didn't. I hadn't heard that, uh, and you probably don't have it in that article. But are you saying that the article says they're not going to push that? That some larger corporations are not going to be subject to the minimum wage? Is that what what the article? Is that how you interpret that? Um, Democrats have have abandoned their plans to force larger corporations to adopt a minimum. Fifteen dollar uh, an hour minimum wage rate. So now it seems that um, this is just geared towards specific industries or corporations. So how can you do that? Um, <clears throat> then you're targeting um, different businesses um, for oh, yeah, that just- and not allowing it for others. I mean, you can't really pick and choose. Yeah, push that on the small businesses to see how far that goes, uh, the ones that are still left alive. <clears throat> right. Um, yeah, you know, and then the $1,400 stimulus check, um, that amount looks solid, but uh, Democrats are considering new rules to target or restrict the checks to lower-income learners. Or earners, I mean, <laughs> under the proposed <laughs> Learners, I mean, I'm why sorry. are you going to punish me? Because I haven't learned as much. I should have, oh I should have muted there. <laughs> that just struck me as being funny. That <clears throat> under, uh, <laughs> I that's mean, not fair. How, how, how smart are you? Uh, I think we can dupe this guy out of about thousand bucks here. I'm under the proposed <laughs> eligibility rules, some who qualified for the first two payments might uh, may not make the cut for a third. Um, a hard ceiling on income designed to exclude higher earners from getting a check will come with a rule change for the use of dependents in the stimulus check formula. And actually, <clears throat> if I can find it, there is a stimulus check calculator that you can plug in their information i'll put that on our facebook page yeah i saw um, that you can click on it and yeah. type in your your income right. and how many kids you have or something like that right and then you'd be like well that's great i'm not getting crap um i so got a question pro- yes now that donald trump is a private citizen again i wonder if he's eligible for it oh that's right he he's they, he they've got a cut off on income right yeah because yeah. now he can actually get a paycheck. <laughs> um, he hasn't. People forgot he didn't take a paycheck for uh, you know four years. But, four years. Know, so quickly forgotten. Um, well, I'm, I just don't <clears throat> think he would even take his his government you know retirement pension similar to how he didn't even take his presidential salary when he was in office because you know he made his millions 
long before he ever became president. Right. Yeah, he, I, he has no reason to to take any of that. <clears throat> well, you know, he would probably be just smart to give it give it to a government entity that that really needs it to cover budget misses because you know, for probably twenty years now we've been doing all this deficit spending, of course, and you know, and and it just seems like. When when you bring up the idea of Congress needing to balance the budget, they're probably being they're probably like balance budget. What balance budget? Because it's like they just it's like they just want to raise taxes so they can spend more of our money. Yeah, but they're not uh, even raising enough taxes to cover what they're spending. So I mean, <laughs> but um, well, I know they have to spend it on their pork projects. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, donation to the IRS. Um, yeah, just uh, he he was still, you know, they were still bringing in money, even when he wasn't taking the presidential paycheck. He didn't need it. I mean, uh, um, I don't think that he could take money directly from anything. Um, isn't that right? He had to. Yeah, he from, had to distance himself yeah, from had, all all of his businesses, but but there was still money coming into the Trump household through um, family members, but... But he didn't have to um, pay for anything. He didn't need money. <laughs> no, I mean, you don't have to pay anything for anything as as president. Um, so, you know, and if they pass this new... This stimulus package does get passed. The new proposal would give the IRS a deadline of December 31st this year to finish sending... The stimulus checks. So I saw that. I'm, um, that that's kind of yeah. scary. I wonder if people <clears> really with, have paid attention to that. Well, with tax, because there's some people that still haven't gotten stimulus checks um, from the last round from last year. Really? Yes. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> for this third round round of payments, congressional Democrats are pushing to include adult dependents as well as children and families with mixed status citizenship here are um let's see yeah that i don't understand <clears throat> no i don't either i have to if look it, in deeper to that if they're not a citizen why would they be getting money well i'm Legally. a partial citizen um yeah. i applied <laughs> for my half citizen <laughs> status um <laughs> So I should at least get a quarter of the check. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> now, what does that even mean? I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know. Um, um, so, and then the student loan forgiveness. Um, Senate Democrats and President Joe Biden have different dollar figures in mind for how much to cancel. Biden on February 16th said he supports canceling $10,000 in student debt. Um and uh, extending the pause on the student loan repayment. Um, but Biden's figure is at odds with state uh, with Senate Democratic proposal uh, that calls for canceling up to $50,000 in student debt. Um, and then yeah. uh, someone says, uh, who is it? Uh, Biden said, I don't think that uh, in this moment of economic pain and strain, that's pretty good. I like that rhyme there. <laughs> that we should be eliminating interest on debts that are accumulated. Uh, I need to go number one and number two. Whoa, how did that get in there? Um, what? No, he said <laughs> number one and number two. I'm prepared to write off the $10,000 debt, but not the $50,000 debt, Biden said. Uh, 
<laughs> the well, it, bill doesn't address the student loan debt. At however. least he has some sense about him. I mean, <laughs> got to give him credit for that $10,000 threshold. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the $400 in uh, weekly unemployment benefits, um, <clears throat> if the uh, bill is approved by March 14th, it would renew the federal employment aid uh, without a gap in funding. Uh, the House version of the plan sends $400 in federal unemployment payments through August with triggers that would extend the benefits after September for those who continue to be out of work and include automatic payment adjustments linked to health and economic conditions. <clears throat> the weekly $300 federal unemployment checks Congress approved in December as part of the $900 billion COVID-19 relief legislation are set to expire this month um, on the 14th. Um, and uh, let's see, the House bill would expand the child tax credit that currently allows families to claim up to $2,000 credit for children under the age of 17. Um, if approved, the plan would extend the benefit to lower income families who otherwise wouldn't receive a credit. Families could claim up to $3,600 per year for a child under age six and up to $3,000 per year for those age six to 17. Um, this will target low and middle income, uh, ha income households, according to Howard Gleckman, a senior fellow at the Tax Policy Center. More than one third of the benefit would go to the lowest income parents who get an average tax cut of almost $3,300. Um, low and middle income parents would receive nearly 80% of benefits. Um, and plan would also expand tax credits for one year to help cover the cost of child care. Uh, families could get back a, uh, as a tax credit as much as half of their spending on child care for children under the age of 13 and up to $4,000 for a single child and 8000 for two or more children. So you better start cranking them out now. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're way the, ahead of the curve. Uh, the, 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 um, more than 96 million vaccine doses have so far been distributed in the U.S. and more than 75 million are administered with the country on track to meet Biden's goal of 100 million vaccines jabs during the first 100 days of his administration um, in town hall style meeting on the uh, CNN um, February 16th Biden said that by the end of July the country will have enough supply to vaccinate everyone in the US um, the goal becomes having uh, then enough other supplies and people to administer the vaccine which is becoming a problem Biden's uh, plan would set aside $100, $160 billion for a nationwide vaccine program that would help state and local governments get the vaccine into people's systems. Um, then you've got the eviction ban um, that would extend the foreclosure moratoriums and evictions until September 30th, and that would give $30 billion in rental assistance for renters and small landlords. Uh, for low and moderate income households. Um, 
So Biden, uh, on January 20th, Biden signed an executive order extending the eviction ban through this month, which means it may not be part of the final new stimulus bill at all. Um, so that could get dinged out of there. And you got um, the bill could, uh, the bill's got uh, funds to help reopen schools. Um Majority of kindergarten and eighth grade classrooms safely open in the first hundred days of the administration. That's been running into some roadblocks as well, especially since teachers, it looks like, will be part of the individuals that will be on the butt end of the COVID-19 vaccination plan, which is insane. They should be right there with first responders. Um, And then... um, Funding for state and local public jobs, a case for additional aid is strong because the downside risk of doing nothing is quite real. They said uh, an American Enterprise Institute, a conservative think tank, the fact that over 1 million state and local government workers have lost their jobs is a sign of physical distress and has real consequences. So they're talking about additional money for state, local, and tribal governments. Maybe they could get um, jobs in the solar panel industry. <clears throat> yeah, they well, they yeah, well, they probably could. I mean, these green new, de- you know, the green the green program they've laid out. Well, actually, they haven't laid it out. Um, we only know that it's green. I think that's about <laughs> as much as we know now that it is green, and it doesn't um, include gas or coal, right? So, and it will put people to work. Uh, we don't know when or how. Um, so, and sometimes even why, but I think that's a good um, thought says her teachers are getting vaccinated now. That's good. They should be. Well, that's probably a a state initiative in in Colorado. And that's, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, they, they need to go ahead and get them all vaccinated so they can remove that from the table of discussion as a reason not to reopen schools? Um, I think it is. Uh, not much unlike what we used to get with green stamps, just Chuck. Uh, <laughs> they just put that in a, in a machine and crank it out. There you go. It's a green new deal. Somebody was talking about green stamps the other night on Sunday night, I believe. Hey, Ow. Mr. Green Jeans. Da, 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 da. Oh, you did you uh, watch yeah. Ca- Captain Kangaroo? No, no. Oh, well, you said uh, Mr. Green Jeans. Uh, I thought maybe you saw reruns of Captain Kangaroo. Uh, and watching Captain Kangaroo. Now don't you know me? <laughs> I've nothing to do. <laughs> Counting flowers on the wall. Oh, here we go. I'm telling you. Yeah, I need to find that song. I'll do that tomorrow night. No, it is Wednesday, actually. You mean I've got a drinking yeah. song for tomorrow night. Wow, well, that's good. That's <laughs> real good. We'll probably need it, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to know, that's uh, everything in that uh, uh, update on the COVID package that uh, is still continuing to be held up. So um, good luck on getting any funds to the, uh, the Americans that need it um, before the end of this first quarter. So. Well, I think that that little note that you mentioned just a minute ago, and I saw that article as well. So 
I, when I saw that, I said they are they have told December. I mean, what good is that going to do? A lot of those people. I mean, a lot of those people can't make it till December. So no, I think if that becomes widely known, there's going to be yeah. be some uh, some discussions. <clears throat> right, because that's what I'm saying. They, I mean, they, they've they've drug their foot, their feet, and some people still haven't received their last stimulus check from. I mean, their stimulus check from the last go round. So, I hadn't heard that. Do you, so you know somebody that hadn't gotten their check? No, they've re, they've reported that there's still stimulus money out there that people have not received, like unclaimed um, stimulus money or I that was money that's being withheld because of taxes. Right. Yeah, I, I was uh, understanding that it was some of the small businesses had not received all all the money that was uh, allocated, uh-huh. but I could be wrong. But yeah, December is is that's not going to do it for people. And if that no. becomes widely known, I, I, that's going to, that's actually, it should be talked about now. I'm surprised nobody has mentioned that on Fox. But, well, um, you know, mainstream media is becoming less of a place to get news. So, you know, that's part of what, you know, I, part of what, you know, we and, and people like us and, on Podbean and different other platforms to bring to the table, just you know, what you don't hear on mainstream media, um, right? And then, and then and then fact check that because you know we we don't have a big research team to go scour the web and do all this research. We bring to you bring it to you the best we can. <laughs> it's um, it's raw when we we bring it to you. <laughs> I mean, it is as raw as you can get. <laughs> are, are you serious, Jess? Really? Wow! See, see. So you you yeah. haven't gotten the last one. I, I I I don't understand that. Now you can go on to the um you can go on to the website for the IRS and um, see where's my check and enter their information in and um oh okay well they did I did see that on that website. That if you haven't received it yet, then you do have to claim it as a credit on your taxes, and they'll um, give that money to you as a credit. Hmm. That doesn't help anybody now, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially if you didn't have any money coming in. I mean, a credit's not going to do you a lot of good. It's like, well, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and apply that to the taxes that you owe. Yeah, and that oh. should help you out. <laughs> what do I owe? <laughs> <laughs> Golly, well, right, exactly. Just clock there's always some stipulations. <laughs> yeah, we get stippled quite a bit. I tell you what, <laughs> uh, stippled or stippled, <laughs> stippled. You know, like stippled a ceiling. That's all right. Yeah, and of course. I was looking earlier, you know, knowing that we were going to talk about this tonight to see because there had been rumors about all the money that was going to be going overseas as part of this package. But now they're saying that that overseas money, those kind of uh, that budget was not actually tied to this bill. Did you see that in your research? I did not. Okay, You know, because they were talking about giving money to foreign countries. Um one in particular, they were, it seemed like it was 
I want to say Pakistan, but I could be wrong, for money for uh, abortions. And, and it could have been another country. But now they're saying that money's not tied to this this bill. So, you know, we need to not be upset about it. But they're still going to try to spend it uh, overseas, whether whether it's tied to this one or, or the next one coming down the pike. But maybe they'll use some of that money they're going to get from the millionaires. Oh yeah, yeah, that's 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 coming. So who'll be the vice president if uh, Kamala Harris takes over in the next few months? Oh, um, um, I don't think it would be Nancy Pelosi because she would still retain her speakership. Um, I, I think, think the, what would happen? She'd get to choose is, somebody, wouldn't she? Yeah, yes, she would, but. But um, but I think um, it would be kind of similar to like a a cabinet or a Supreme Court or, or yeah. any kind of judge appointee, like where they get advice and consent from the Senate. Um, and and I think in the case of the vice president, the House has also got to approve it, too. Yeah, I mean, just saying way, that she know. might she could choose not to have one. Well, that that is true. And until she runs. Is eligible to run in 2024 and picks a, oh, a, a VP a running mate. Talk. Bumblebee says yeah, what, she'll choose because, uh, uh, Michelle Obama. Wouldn't that be uh, something if she chose not to have a uh, vice president? Um, because you have to think back to when Spiro Agnew resigned and, and Richard Nixon appointed Gerald Ford to be... Um, Agnew's successor that, that he had to go through the advice and consent process with the Senate, and then the House also had to, um, uh, you know, do do some type, sort of approval process. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Uh, I can't even imagine a scenario where. Nancy Pelosi could become president. I know how it is in the line of succession, but well, I know like the, you know the the line of succession is if if the president is unable to su- to succeed or if he resigns or is assassinated, um, or dies of natural causes while in office, the vice president is next in line. If the vice president can't or or won't accept it, then it falls to the House Speaker, and and if the House Speaker can't, it's the president pro pro tem of the the senate like the the member of the senate who has been there like the longest uh de- depending on the party that's in control well that that's a democrat because i think they that person was uh that would be patrick Leahy in yeah, this case in charge of the uh the hearings last week i believe it was mm-hmm. i think yeah you i think you're right patrick Leahy. well you know they're like the dean of the senate in other words Michelle Obama is vice president. There you go. Mm. I slightly has talked about that on his show. Like, with, really? you know, if Biden had picked like Michelle uh, over Kamala, then, you know, would, would he, but the question is, would he have, would Biden have still wanted or not? Mm-hmm. But we don't know what a Biden, you know, Michelle Obama presidency would look like. Well, we were worried about uh, Hillary Clinton going in and then Bill being back in the White House. Of course, she probably would run things anyway, but. Well, um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, if Hillary was, you know, was secretly running things when when it was the Clinton-Gore years. 
<laughs> or, or she might have had some sort of hands in it. You never, you never know about her. Well, you know, considering all of Bill's uh, activities, maybe, maybe she stood in for him. Mm -hmm. Bill was a busy guy. <laughs> Indeed, he was on on the Tonight uh, Show, and he was making all these public appearances and uh, playing the saxophone on Arsenio Hall's um, show. Like when after he won won, won the nineteen ninety two election. Um, that was classic. Yeah. I mean, I have, to, I have to admit there's, there's some things about Bill's personality that was, you know, likable, but, um, could have done without him being president for eight years. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess, well, uh, so we're through spending money, Dennis Lee, I guess, uh, Eric, if you want to, uh, yeah, but, but I, I will close on like Clinton about this, that, um, you know, when he was reelected in 1996, you ought to look up David Brinkley and where he got in trouble for s some of the unflattering things he had said. And, and then one of the unflattering things he said turned out to be a, an accurate prediction, but I digress. But I mean, I certainly think we had a great great show tonight and look forward to doing it tomorrow night thank you to bumblebee tuna and to jess duck and bp49 and el gato and um you know cummings's culture and and crimson and a few other friends for dropping by um we we greatly appreciate you and look forward to having y'all back along with many other friends very soon and coming up on podbean um you you've got the chit chat with the old man show weekday mornings 10 a.m eastern time um Plus, you got his Friday night music show, you know, Fridays at 11 p.m. Eastern, and then his Sunday music shows at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, and on the Podbean daytime schedule, you know, definitely be on the lookout for John DeVito to do a show on th Thursday after the old, old man's morning show. And w Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, be on the lookout for Frankie D's crib and be on the lookout now for Robert to do the Mr. Clean show Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays around the times of 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. Eastern and his Tuesday and Thursday shows around 1 a.m. or 1.30 a.m. Eastern time. Um, be on the lookout also for, for Cummings' culture to do shows weekdays around 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern. and then, But tomorrow night around 7 or 7.30 p.m. Eastern, be on the lookout for John DeVito to have like a, another, another big interview in the late, latest saga on the agape and circle of hope this time it's it, you know it's a it's a, a different school in missouri so th this should be an interesting show and then every weeknight at 8 p.m eastern is chuck and billy's night and cup of tea weeknights around 9 30 p.m eastern it is the slightly serious show unless work has them delay you know delayed till like 12 30 a.m eastern time and then and then of course on you know then when the weekend approaches you'll have david's mysteries of the paranormal you know, fr Friday nights at 9 p.m. and then lyrical laxative Saturdays at 8:30 p.m. Eastern. And you know, special shout outs to um, you know Laura and the Communication Station, as well as Pink Squirrel with her, whose podcast is this anyway. And you know, Robert's brother who does the Music Man show, and and of course Ralph William. Hope, hope he's doing well, and hopefully he comes back soon with some new episodes and. Um, and, and a host of other great, great podcast friends. Um, and, and of course the people at just another day in paradise, Jester from the it's doomsday podcast. And, and, and so, you know, the list just goes on and on. Um, but, and then 
you know, now here's Dennis Lee and Donald Wayne with, with, you know, more information on getting in touch with Trice Talk and Tall Tales of the Rabbit Hole and when those shows come on. Well, thanks, Eric. And, and just before I forget about it, I mean, how is Robert doing? Is is he recovering still pretty well from I mean, I think he, he seems like he's doing a lot better now. Um, but um, ho- hopefully he, he'll be back to visit y'all again very soon. Um, but, you know, but... But uh, but I know but 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 I know the that the pod being trolls or as the old man and Dina Joe like to call him Skippy. I mean, the, the, I, I, I think they must enjoy his show, of course. But we but we certainly appreciate the trolls that up the engagement points, even if they don't have yeah. nice things to say. Yeah, they have a purpose. <laughs> well, right. I think we had a couple of Skippies in here tonight too, but 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 we appreciate them yeah. for, for upping the engagement points, though. Yeah, skip on through, Skippy. Didn't you want to mention the? Uh, we we haven't didn't mention it at oh, the beginning of the show. Oh, oh, uh, this oh, is well. the last night. Yep. Not of our yeah, show. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> no, the Wednesday show a, is getting ready to get last, a name. Yeah, tomorrow night we will have a name for our Wednesday show, and the lucky winner, uh, the lucky namer of that show, will be highlighted as well and receive a prize from the closet um we've got to figure out where the key is to get the closet open but you will get a prize nonetheless and we greatly appreciate it um so um you know you may ask well how can i touch you how can i really get a hold of you and well you can do that on twitter at tristalk wg moon uh, you can email us at tristalk69pts at gmail.com. Um, you can get us on Facebook at Tristalk, Spotify at Tristalk. Hell, you can even get us on Amazon Music at Tristalk. And we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone with impromptu shows and mini pods here and there. Um and if you want to get weird, uh, explicit, um, but keep most of your clothes on, you can come over to Tall Tales on the Rabbit Hole every Saturday, Sunday, and Monday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or thereabouts with impromptu shows as well where we get conspiratory and um, otherworldly and alien proby and all kinds of other things. So we couldn't do it without you. We appreciate you. We love you. And thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> Alien probing. There's a thought to end the <laughs> night with, I'll tell you. Oh, well, you haven't lived unless you've uh, <laughs> uh, probed an alien. <laughs> well, <what> either way, <laughs> they need love too, Donald Wayne. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, all right. So tomorrow night's for fun only. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Wednesday, Wednesday night for Valdi, and like Dennis Lee said, we'll be naming the show. Uh, we'll be announcing the winner of the naming of the of that show, and uh, then w- Thursday night we'll be back on politics again. So, uh, yes, oh. we appreciate everybody that joined us tonight and hung around and and participated with us. We appreciate it, and um, I guess it means a lot. Yes, it does. I, I've got, since it is Dr. Seuss's birthday, or it was yesterday, 
now we're in the next day, but I want to close with a thought from Dr. Seuss. And I hope it's not from one of his books that's been banned, but um, he said, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Mm-hmm. And that's Dr. Seuss. All right, Dennis Lee. Since yeah. we uh, started out tonight, since it was John Bo- John Bon Jovi's birthday, then we'll close with a Bon Jovi song after you turn out the lights. The party's over, darling. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Another <laughs> quote Dr. Seuss said. I like this that. is the closing of the show. I like that. Um, we'll see you next time, everybody. But we'll Stay do it again soon, though. Later. <laughs>